Hi, and welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast brought to you by Medical Mutual. I'm Dan Paletta, your host. On The Landscape, our goal is to dig into topics of interest here in Northeast Ohio and talk to people who make things happen. One of those people is David Gilbert. He is the president and CEO of Destination Cleveland, as well as the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission. We'll talk a little bit about the upcoming NFL draft happening here in Cleveland, as well as some other big events on the way, and just what it's going to look like post-pandemic as we plan for major events here in Northeast Ohio. David, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So before we talk about what's to come, let's just quickly look back at 2020. Do you have a feel for how many major events were canceled and what kind of economic impact that may have been? Well, on, on the sports side, uh, just events that the Sports Commission was hosting, we had we had 10 national events that were canceled, including some pretty big ones. Um, NCAA basketball that we were we were set to host in 2019, first and second round. Um, and a number of others. Thankfully, eight of those 10 events, we were able to get rescheduled for a future year in Cleveland. So that, that, was, that was the, the silver lining to it was that they're all, nearly all of them are coming back. And while we lost the economic impact, while we lost the, the, the promotion of Cleveland that those would have brought in, we'll recapture the, the vast majority of it for a future year. So we are just a few days away from the NFL draft, which is going to take place here in Cleveland on the lakefront, Thursday, April 29th through the 1st. Interesting, the draft in the old days, way back, they traveled from city to city from 1965, I think, to 2015. It was always in New York. Why did Do you know why the NFL decided to go back out on the road again? Well, from what we've been told, it largely had to do with Radio City Music Hall, where it had been held most of that time in New York, uh, ended up having a conflict for the date. And I think the NFL had been thinking about taking it on the road. Um, and it was one of those where it forced their hand a little bit, but probably to do something they already had thought about. They brought it to Chicago and the city of Chicago um, decided to do a festival with it, along with the NFL. And that amazingly grew. They had a couple of years in Chicago and that from there went on to other cities. They started bidding it out. And it's amazing what it's actually become. It really is one of the most attended sporting events in America each year, even though there isn't competition. It's hard to believe. I mean, the old days, it was on a couple of weeknights and maybe hardcore fans paid attention. The next day you thought, well, who did the Browns get? It has exploded in terms of how large an event it's become. Well, I think that, you know, first it became a much bigger media event, which it certainly has become, you know, went from one day to two day to three days. And, and, you know, with the advent of what they've done live, it's just become such an extravaganza that, you know, literally draws, you know, in, in Nashville, the last live year, uh, um, you know, several hundred thousand people. This is The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. More of our conversation in just a moment. But first, a word from our partner, Medical Mutual. So you and your team at the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission have been working with the Browns, with the NFL, with the city. How are preparations coming as we get here down to the wire? You know, it's it's coming along great. We're, we're now seeing uh, physically the things coming out of the ground. And, uh, um, you know, it's still, it's, it's, we've been planning it from the beginning, you know, nearly two years um, of what we would do and planning for a live event, even during COVID, because we had to plan, obviously, contingencies. And, and kind of we, what we were fond of saying is it, it is going to be a large live event in Cleveland until it's not. 
thankfully that second part never came about. And, um, uh, but still a lot of, a lot of pieces being finalized now, even two and a half weeks out that probably would have been done months ago. Um, just it, it, particularly those things that relate to COVID and how a lot of those health and safety precautions, and they're all being taken and taken very seriously, uh, how they're all going to be manifested and, and put into place. Governor DeWine has uh, consolidated the health orders related to COVID, including allowing for larger gatherings. So this is an outdoor event as we've been discussing. Has it has that changed here since you realized we can actually have even more people than maybe we thought? You know, it hasn't changed in the past uh, probably six weeks or so. It probably is not likely to change the capacities between now and the next two and a half weeks, in part because of the way all of it works, where in the past it, it, it was just a, it's all free, which is amazing. The whole event is free and it's become this sort of pilgrimage of sorts for, uh, for football and NFL fans and from all over the country. But normally you just show up and you, you know, you'd gather in large crowds. And so, you know, whether 10,000 people showed up or 110,000, um, People just descended and, and, and there wasn't, you know, a, a, a significant difference. We're here with COVID and the fact that it's time ticketing and you have to get your tickets ahead of time. And for certain portions, you'll have to have had a vaccine. There's a lot more that goes into making any kind of significant change. But as you mentioned, thankfully, the NFL experience portion, it's all outdoors, but in the experience portion, it's a very large about a half a million square feet of outdoor space that that allows for even with social distancing a lot of people to come through. And so it is going to allow tens and tens of thousands of locals and hopefully tens of thousands of out of towners who will still come in and 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 provide significant economic impact allow them to participate. Um, the piece is up closer to the stage, which is more akin to fixed seating, some seating, some standing. Um, because it's not a flow, it's a smaller area, will be far fewer numbers. You know, but look, four months ago, five months ago, you know, there was there was ultimately a lot of question as to whether or not it would be a live event uh, based on on where the pandemic was going and, and what uh, what the health orders around that were dictating. Are you still anticipating people from out of town coming? We are. Um, I think that one, it's highly anticipated, um, and and we have set up through Destination Cleveland significant amount of marketing uh, uh, in about ten different NFL markets. You know, one of the great things about Cleveland is we're within a half a day's drive of nearly half the NFL markets, and and so we we have been setting up for a long time significant marketing push in places like. Buffalo and Chicago and Philadelphia and Detroit and so on, and so those the, uh, that that meet that media is running. Those spots are going; they're going directly to NFL fans in those areas. Of course, they still have to be able to get on and get tickets. Um, uh, the tickets are are going quickly. Um, it's a, the NFL has helped us out, and it's a system of some rolling tickets, some tickets set aside um, just for out of towners. Well, I believe a much higher percentage will be local than in normal years. We still think we'll have thousands, if not tens of thousands from out of market. Initially, when it was announced that Cleveland would be hosting the draft in 2021, the thought was it might be $100 million of economic impact in terms of people coming and spending money. What's the thought now as we deal with this COVID issue? You know, we, we don't have a number in mind yet. We're going to have an economic impact analysis done from the event. 
Um, but we do know, you know, the, when, when people talk about economic impact, they all seem like fuzzy numbers. Ultimately, if you do it right, forget any kind of multipliers. You really look at direct spending. And what, what, what economic impact is, is dollars from outside your market that otherwise wouldn't have been spent being spent inside your market. And those dollars directly correlate to jobs, bottom line. I mean, there's lots more to it, but ultimately it, it generates jobs and taxes at all kinds of levels. And so um, um, part of what hasn't changed at all is the amount that the NFL spends for all of the people they bring in. I mean, they're, they're going to fill up half or two thirds of every downtown hotel room to start with. And all of the production spending that they do and they come in, none of that changes. What of course will change are uh, the, the amount of visitor spending, which is probably the majority of that, what would have been estimated a hundred plus million dollars in Nashville, uh, the last live draft. And, and we will certainly only have a percentage of that, but we don't know yet. In part, we know certainly there's going to be less people allowed at the draft. What we don't know yet is the analysis of how many are from in-market versus out-of-market. What Nashville, from the research they had done, it was roughly 50-50. I think they, they estimated 52% of the people at the draft were from outside of the Nashville market. We anticipate that will be higher for Cleveland, but we don't know yet until afterward. But you know, I will say what, what's what's really interesting is if you talk to businesses in the hospitality industry, businesses that have been hurt, you know, arguably more than any other industry in the country, whether it's hotels, restaurants, other small businesses that that really rely on those out of market visitors and out of market visitor spending, this four or five days that they that they will be having really in many ways spread out over a month with a lot of the production already taking place you know maybe more meaningful on balance than otherwise would have been even with a larger number given how important that is in in the small amount of revenue they they've generated there are many businesses that quite frankly had this marked on their calendar over the past year as as the event that would sustain them through the other side of covid so, so we, you know, anecdotally, we've heard from many, the draft at whatever level it's going to be, will have an outsized impact for so many businesses in our region. I'm sure restaurateurs and bar owners are very excited, but maybe probably no one more excited than hotel people because restaurants and bars have been able to have carry out or, or deal with delivery. But a hotel is, you can't really do much if people don't come. Very much so. And even though hotels throughout the region are going to get the benefit of this, the downtown hotels and it's not just Cleveland, this is everywhere in the country, have been hit the hardest for a couple of reasons. One, they're much more relying on business travel and group convention travel. And that part of the industry largely stopped. Um, certainly leisure travel did uh, as well, but came back sooner and to, to some degree. Um, and they're also full service. So, so much of their revenue in those hotels are also derived by food and beverage and, and, and their costs are much higher to stay open. And they just didn't have any of that. So they will also, while they were hit the hardest, they'll probably also reap the benefits the most. And it's not only that people are going to be staying, but the rates are going to be much higher than normal. So they're really going to see uh, a, uh, you know, a double shot in the arm uh, because of the draft. You've said hosting the draft is a sort of coming out party for Cleveland and for the hospitality industry. 
How is Destination Cleveland starting to prepare for a post-pandemic period, hopefully when this arrives, when we can really start hosting events on a regular basis? What kind of preparations are being made? You know, there's a number of things. It's a great question. For one, you know, what we also recognize is the, the other part about the draft is on average, 45 or 50 million viewers. Last year was 55 million people. And the way the uh, the NFL manages this, I mean, they really integrate the community and its image into the draft. It's not just every once in a while you might see a, a blimp shot. I mean, it, it has the look and the feel every way, shape and form of Cleveland. So we believe that the, the, you know, 50 million people seeing our city the way they're going to see it in a beautiful way, um, seeing Cleveland hosting such an incredible event, and it's going to look fantastic on TV, people having a great time. Um, we think in many ways it's going to help slingshot Cleveland out of the pandemic uh, toward our recovery of our industry faster than, than most places around the country. Um, we're also well positioned because what what um, research shows is going to come back the fastest are regional drive destinations, and and um, for a lot of a lot of different reasons. But that really is our sweet spot, and so I think that the draft is 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 going to provide a great platform for our community to do all of the things and shifting back our focus, shifting back our work to attracting people from around the region uh, to come back for, for leisure travel, for, for uh, group and meetings business. Um, in fact, we're hosting about 20 different meeting planners coming in for the draft that, that you know, the time is right. Many, many, we invited more. Some have said they're not comfortable traveling yet. A lot have said the draft is going to be done in a, a, a very thoughtful manner from a health and safety standpoint. And, uh, and they're going to come and, you know, an incredible opportunity to see Cleveland. Uh, and these, these are all people that we are courting uh, to host their future meetings and conventions. And they're going to be in seeing um, an incredibly vibrant city at a time when most cities are not seeing vibrancy. And uh, so, so we, we think there's an awful lot here to give us, uh, again, that sort of slingshot out of, uh, um, out of COVID and, and get our industry back on its feet. David Gilbert joins us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast brought to you by Medical Mutual. David, Cranes, of course, we're interested in the world of business, but in terms of social, the sort of sociability of sports, I mean, what does that mean? Even if it's in a limited gathering, to get back together again and go watch baseball or, or, or go see a Cavs game, that notion of community returning again. You know, it, it's critical on a number of levels. As you mentioned, the social side you know, sports are, are many ways a universal language. A lot of people say so sports and music are two universal languages. And what we know, you know, when we do, we do lots of research on our community and what people think of our community, locals, people regionally uh, outside of Cleveland, whether, whether we like it or don't like it, we are very highly associated, even locally, with our professional sports. And so, you know, look, you have, you have these telecasts you know, a hundred plus times a year um, or close to that uh, uh, regionally, nationally, where our teams wearing Cleveland on their chest are, are representing our community. Uh, the fact that that's starting again is critically important. Um, it's, get, it's a type of gathering that's starting to get people to re-engage with their community, critically important. And quite frankly, you know, in tying that to business, all of the businesses related to this industry, many of whom have closed, many are still holding on by a thread, 
the quicker people feel comfortable getting out and interacting and, and spending their dollars and being around people um, and spending the dollars in entertainment, the quicker we're going to come out of this. So I think we are very fortunate that sports is allowing that to happen. The fact that, you know, Cavaliers games people are going to, Indians games people are going to. And, uh, and we saw that with the Browns, it was only 12,000, but they pulled off a great season with most of the season, 12,000 fans. And if you talk to people downtown, those game day Sundays were, were a savior uh, for many downtown businesses and were the thing that helped them make it through COVID and not close their doors. So how has interest been in booking other events? Or is the phone starting to ring again? Or are groups and, and, and organizations starting to say they want to do things again? They are. And it really, you know, business development in both the large event space and other meeting convention space, you know, was largely shut down for six months. I think organizations just pulled back and had to, to see what the future held. People didn't know. Yeah, it was easy to think, well, we're going we're gonna to cancel our you know, our, uh, our meetings, our conventions, our sporting events for the second half of, of 20 and the first half of 21. But six months ago, people didn't know, would this be into 22, 23, 24? We're finally seeing a real thaw in that business development cycle uh, and these organizations being back on the street. And again, when they see Cleveland, you know, arguably this is only, this will be only the third national event beside the Super Bowl and and the NCAA basketball tournament that was of large scale with fans in the country over the past year. You know, look, the Masters was just held with no fans. And uh, um, and I think that's going to start start putting Cleveland even heavier into people's minds. And and we're feeling really good about uh, about our business development and starting to close a lot of new opportunities for Cleveland for future years. Let's talk about some of the events that are coming up in the near future. And when I say near future, I mean the next few years. The uh, NCAA men's tournament will return the first couple of rounds, the women's final four in a few years, as well as the wrestling tournament. I was surprised to find, I would have thought that the NCAA men's basketball, those first two rounds would be the big economic generator. And it, it does a great job, but wrestling was the one that really brought in a lot of revenue. Yeah, really fascinating because they both um, fill, will fill every seat at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse um, actually interesting wrestling for three days, basketball for two days. You have one day, a day off and a second day. But what's interesting about wrestling is that 90 plus percent of the fans in the building, and you're talking about a building that holds nearly 20,000 people are from outside of the market. It's a cult like following for wrestling fans around the country. It's an incredible event and where, where basketball brings a lot of fans from the outside but you have you have very broad local interest as well and when those tickets go on sale uh, uh, locals take up uh, a larger percentage so while collectively they would have roughly the same number of people attending a far bigger percentage attend the NCAA Division 1 wrestling championship uh, and then of course we all, we also have the women's final four in 2024 as you mentioned and and next next February uh, NBA All-Star Game. I mean, we are on, quite frankly, an incredible run. Um, you add uh, Major League Baseball All-Star Game back in 19. Um, we're on a run of hosting, uh, uh, really, quite frankly, some of, if not the largest events that Cleveland has the ability to host in a short five or six year period of time that we've ever had in our history. So what do you attribute that success to? Why have we been able to land so many of these wonderful events? I think a big part of it is you know, Cleveland has has built a reputation for being one of the best cities in America for hosting these events and making them successful while they're here. 
And, you know, I, I'll say quite frankly, we've also become really, you know, we've become very good at it. We've really become good at figuring out what our community structure is and an infrastructure that we have in place to make these events great while they're here. And, and um, you know, and quite frankly, Cleveland is known now. Year in and year out, we're one of the top cities in America by any measure, whether it's number of events, size and scale, total economic impact, one of the best cities in America for hosting these events. And when you build that reputation uh, and you become known for it, you become more successful. You're, you're really seen as, as a powerhouse, which is uh, very exciting. The key is how do you keep that up year after year after year? It's not easy. No different than any business. You always have to be innovative. You always have to stay ahead of trends. You always have to continue. You can't take it for granted. You have to continue to nurture those relationships. Um, and, and, you know, we have to let the world know every time we have a, a, an event that's very successful, um, we think we do a terrific job of, of marketing and letting people in that world know that Cleveland is a place that they need to be looking at. David Gilbert, thanks so much for joining us today for The Landscape. Great pleasure having you. And let's look for more great success here over the next year or two. Thank you. We'll, we'll do everything we can to keep it up and, and exciting to see some real light at the end of this tunnel. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland pod brought to you by Medical Mutual. Our producer is Cody Smith. Thanks again and join us soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Landscape. Next, we'll speak with Mallory Martin of the Cleveland International Film Festival. Join us Friday for that exclusive interview. 